0: Hi, I'm Akhil Ura. and I'm Rohan Naha. Welcome to The Long Take. This week, we're discussing Barbenheimer. Oh, I mean, sorry, we're not doing both. That's just what's happening. We're discussing Oppenheimer, the new Christopher Nolan movie, which, as you can tell, it's about the guy in the title. Um. Yeah, it's like three hours long. And it's also like not the movie that sometimes is promised in the trailers. although like, depends on what you saw in the trailer. Uh, starts off as like a At least for the bulk of it, it's like a thriller about making the bomb, but then it turns into this, like, sort of political exploration of how, you know, destroy people, basically. Um, Yeah, what do you make of it, Ron?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was the quickest, probably three hours in a movie theater. Wow, huge praise. It was really good. It was one of those... uh, And Nolan somehow has become one of those people where you're, like, you can associate him with... Some of those m- most memorable kind of big screen experiences right, right of the last at least 10-15 years yeah. because i can count on like one hand maybe two uh the best like imax experiences or the best like just theater going experiences i've had like three of them are like nolan movies yeah like
0: dunkirk or like inception like i can still remember being in the imax theater for those movies
1: correct and I'm sure, like, this is gonna be one of them, at least for me, you know, like, some years, Tandar will be like, oh yeah, I remember Oppenheimer and IMAX was something else. Yeah, I think, like, what impressed me was that, you know,
0: like, like, Nolan sort of, cu- like, cultivated, not, not, like, intentionally, just, like, a, a mm. fanboy or a cult around him, right? People, like, ex- associate, like, Inception and Interstellar and those kind of movies with him. And for the most part, as I said, mm-hmm. this is that movie, right? For when they're building towards, like, making the thing, uh, but then it turns into, like, a movie, I feel like, which, like, a lot of, like, Nolan fanboys might, might not expect. I love that he's not, like, kept that for, like, 10-15 minutes. That is, like, the movie for, like, an hour at the end. Like, for what just a long stretch of it, it's like, this is the movie now.
1: Uh, In fact, even before the end, I would say, like, in the end of the final. Yeah, like- yeah, he lays the foundation for it. Yeah,
0: you're right. He lays the foundation here because, like, you're like, why are we shown, like, you know, like, Robert Downey, you know, he's basically in his own movie in the beginning this hmm. is in the black and, black and it's
1: stuff. happening uh, in, in parallel, parallel. Yeah. like we're cutting back yeah. and forth quite frequently like he establishes the the fission fusion timelines immediately uh when the movie opens uh but then yeah you're right it is kind of a very obvious like i will i want to do something else like even dunkirk to an extent was very known exactly
0: which is like why, why what i thought of as well like duncan is a, in a way like, sure, it's an anti war movie because all war movies are anti war movies, but then it's it's still
1: very action heavy. It's, yeah, it's like, it's in fact the opposite of this one because it has very little dialogue. It's just sound and images, yeah. right? And it doesn't have like, you no know,
0: in your face sort of politics. Like, it's not like trying to be, a political. it doesn't show like uh, Churchill or anyone like discussing or anyone on the other mm-hmm. side. It's just, you're caught up with them, like, which is what he wants to do. He just caught up with these people on the beach.
1: Yeah this one is obviously more in your face with the politics but going back to what you just said about you know nolan fanboys i had a very hilarious experience i don't know what yours was Hmm. like in the theater mine was weird and kind of is an indication of how warped like people's minds have become because they only seem to watch superhero movies these days so they they Uh, start cheering at random stuff they cheered so they cheered when like the movie opened right which is fine because yeah. they're excited because they excited uh, yeah but they also cheered when like Einstein came. <laughs> showed
0: yeah I think it's like, it's like almost like the filmmaker and audience responded to each other right like I mean it's almost like filmmakers I don't know who did it for. like a chicken and acting I think uh, but like filmmakers some filmmakers have those sort of introduction shots right especially I can remember like, the, thing, the movie that does this the worst for me was Aquaman it deliberately has, like, heroes' pause in slow motion so people can clap. Mm. That's uh, a
1: superhero movie. This, exactly. in This one, it was, like, almost, like, a Marvel cameo.
0: Right, yeah. Where and, like, each... Nolan obviously doesn't care about these things. So, he's not going to, like, you know, uh, pay mm. lip service to that. Like, Einstein is shown, like, from, I don't know, like, 200 yards away the first time. Um, yeah, like, yeah.
1: And then people cheer, in
0: thing. Exactly. <laughs> but people still cheer because, like, they it's, yeah, it's like, almost like a recognition thing. They're like,
1: oh, like, yeah, big characters coming in it's no but their brains have been kind of wired to be like that's how they respond to an appearance of a character like that I think that's that's how they almost
0: like in a way connect to the movie right it's almost like I mean if you the last hour or whatever the political stuff hmm. and it's like just like people shouting dialogue at each other and be like I'm accusing you of this and he's like no I'm defending on this it's like Hmm. there's no like cheer worthy
1: moment in those scenes there, but people in my thing at least people cheered, which was very like that. Also, even I understand in the political hearing stuff. Right at the end when Emily Blunt has her Oscar moment. Yeah, yeah, but like, that's very obvious, right? That one, and then when 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 um, Han Solo kind of has his quips um, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Han Solo? Then also people Oh,
0: okay the nuance. <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot <Han Solo. laughs> he
1: played Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> people <laughs> were cheering, but even that I understand because it's very. For instance, the final act is very stage play, theatrical yeah, yeah, kind is, of situation. Yeah. It's like and almost like a,
0: yeah, like a trials. In fact, like two trials happening alongside. Correct.
1: And you would imagine people clapping in those moments if it were a play, you know. Yeah. So that's there. But then there's also one moment in the middle uh, when someone, I think... Um, his friend Isidore Rabi, uh, that character, or someone else, I'm not sure. Someone hmm. like, uh, two Oppenheimer's, like, why are you dressing like a military thingy, like in your yeah, uniform? Yeah, that, and that's stuff.
0: Rabi, yeah.
1: So then he kind of, he Nolan almost looks like a Batman like Yeah, dress he does. Up. It's it's a proper
0: like dress up sequence. Like he puts on the hat, he adjusts the hat, he takes his pipe, like yeah, he gives it like at least like six, seven seconds, that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, people cheered again. Like, oh, so be, this is Nolan's fault, but like everything else, I can't really I it's weird because the world is ending and I don't <laughs> think anyone's supposed to.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, like the movie is in a way like very like almost i mean i don't want to use the word dark but like some very simplistic way of saying it but like that's what it is like it's, in a way it's almost depressing right because like people are like everyone's trying to create something which they have no idea what is it's gonna even do in a way
1: every second of this movie every second of those three hours death is hanging over every every decision people make right
0: yeah it's, literally it's... like they walk into rooms and they put marbles in a glass jar as if like that's an achievement or something and i'm like mm-hmm. bro you're creating something that's gonna like terrorize people for like decades
1: yeah which is again like we can talk about the central kind of conflict in this movie is like all these people participated in the creation of something so terrible but then at what point did they or did they not even realize
0: uh, i think it's almost like i don't even because i think it's impossible almost to like even relate because it's, i think you have to be in in war get that feeling right it's almost like mm-hmm. you're yeah. caught up in that and especially for a lot of them because they were jewish it's almost mm-hmm. like they want like some sort of like control over like what hitler is doing to their people uh and that's where it comes from at least for him right it's almost like i want to do it to help my people and i want to do it before the nazis can do it because if they do yeah. it then it's like a war so that's how he's justifying it in his head he's like this is the reason we must do it which is why the movie like and like, i'm glad they had they had that scene uh, yeah when like after the hitler's defeated and like and he goes into that room right where he's just, like walking around his base in los alamos and then just people are just sitting there discussing we're like do we still need the bomb <laughs> like the the reason was to defeat hitler but hitler got defeated by like conventional methods so why are we still mm. doing this
1: yeah that scene and obviously the one um uh, fairly early on in the movie where he's like my people are being persecuted you know mm. and i'm contributing money to the spanish cause etc all those things kind of let you know that oh this person isn't like a he isn't working with like blinkers on yeah uh sure he might be like, doing he's not the same as like
0: you know heisenberg in germany
1: yeah um but then yeah i mean it's very obvious that politics did influence what he did but then he's He doesn't... We never see him uh, confront, like, the repercussions of what could have happened until it actually happens, Mm. you know? And then he snaps, right? And it's not, like, a gradual snap. He snaps very abruptly. Um, And I was watching this documentary, which is, weirdly enough, available for free, On the criterion channel uh, Mm. about the manhattan project and a lot of the people in the movie are in the documentary like a few i think maybe 20 years later all of them are basically just talking about the entire kind of experience and stuff like that and a lot of the plot points in the movie are there in the documentary as well you know this happened this happened this happened and even 20 years later a lot of these people that you see in the movie there is an element of like shell shock. So they didn't go to war, but it's almost as if they did, right? Even yeah. though they were working in those labs, you know, away from everything else, not on the front lines. A lot of them are still like dazed. Okay, oh, we did that and that's what happened because of what we did. Some of them are, you can almost see them like laugh it off almost as like a defense mechanism. But then the follow up question is like, baad kya kya tumne? he's like, oh no, I didn't touch nuclear energy after that yeah which is person. what i
0: think like was happening to a lot of them. I think the film tries to portray that is that uh a lot of them were like we want to like do this right now because like you know everyone hates the nazis and we have to stop them like mm. their ultimate evil or whatever uh mm. but they like they couldn't grapple or they didn't want to even think of what would happen to their invention mm. Mm. afterwards right like it's not gonna stay in your hands you are literally giving a new thing which is like a giant thing which is going to alter the face of war forever mm. to like the world's biggest like power and mm. they, they thought they would control it right like they, at that the one point when, they're like, when the two bombs are going you can, and mm. rip, being driven away in trucks they're like this is it right like this is we'll do this they are dropped and after that we control nuclear energy forever I'm like no once you have let the genie out of the bottle you can't put it back in
1: no I don't know if that was like naivety or what or if the movie is trying to suggest that they didn't know. Like, I refuse to believe that.
0: No, no, I don't think they know. I think they're trying to... It's almost like what you said, like the... Maybe he didn't have blinkers in the in the building it. But I think at some level, these guys did have blinkers on and off. Like, you know, like, maybe we can do this small thing. Just like, you know, stop this sword with this, like, amazing mm. weapon we're creating. But after this, we'll find a way to, like, control it.
1: Which is very odd, right? Because... I don't know how collectively everybody would be like, huh, of course, they'll listen to us. Yeah. Of course, they won't do they the thought like, thing.
0: I think which is where like sort of the communist themes come in, right? They almost thought they could change society in a way mm. and they could, they could push for like idealistic sort of world where like the leaders don't have too much as much say as they do right now. Like they could, mm. they would have to listen to them and they would actually not build like, you know, more of these and other countries would not build, we would not build like a super or an H-bomb. But like, no, like once you've given them the technology, they're going to do whatever with it. Like, every technology, that's the joke we know now, right? Every technology you build, it always gets first applied in a military sense.
1: Hmm. And there's an early, I don't know at what point that scene comes, but I remember it was a very fascinating scene and I'm forgetting who it was between maybe like einstein and him or what were they talking about so basically it was like if you end up creating this thing what will you do and the person is like i will tell the nazis so that right. they don't do it yeah which is very strange right
0: no which is how the scientists thing right like in a mm-hmm. in a scientist world you're always sharing your research you're like i came up Correct. with this and then you share and you're like oh you came up with this so the, in a way you progress faster right that's the belief but when, it, when you apply these things in a war scenario that's not Mm. beneficial anymore it's going to act against interest because now scientific research is colliding with like national interest now countries are divided in terms of like oh no we have we need this thing it's better for us if we only we have it which is where like the whole soviet thing comes right they're like the us does not even want to inform its allies which Mm. at that point there are they are your allies they're not just the cold war no one knows the cold War is going to happen yet but they mm. already know in a way that we have to fight communism and that that's a different thing from us. So they're already mm. sort of preceding the Cold War by doing these things, by not sharing a technology, you're almost enabling that to happen.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if they want a new enemy now that they have the n- weapons. No, it's like, almost like supremacy, right? They're like, no,
0: we yeah. came up with it first. So So screw you, we're not going to give it to mm. you.
1: Which is again like conversations like this point to like the whatever naivety of the scientific community as opposed to like just the pure evil of like people actually make. I this, think
0: it's in naivety possibly like mixed with fear because almost it's almost like okay what if like the collectively the down and all of them say you know we're not going to make it for you. Hmm. But then what if you lose the war and then Nazis, Nazis make it first and they put use it on you right. It's almost like they're afraid of that scenario so much. Hmm is that they convince themselves this is the right thing to do
1: yeah and which is where like the final act of this movie is so important right because yeah without it it ends on Oppenheimer basically being like yay and then immediately being like oh what what have we done yeah and then you end right but to have that final act is where you're like oh but you idiots yeah you don't you don't know what you're doing right like
0: And exactly once and now that you've outlived your usefulness, now that you've Hmm. given them the bomb, they don't need you anymore, right? They can just like Hmm. you go to other people.
1: Not only are they going to silence you, they're going to they have the power to destroy you forever. Yeah, they can destroy you forever. Like the guy
0: who's possibly like the biggest patriot in that moment, because he's helping you build a bomb that gets you ahead in the war. Hmm. You drag him through the mud so much that ultimately you are okay, even like calling and saying it in words in front of everyone that he's a Soviet spy. Like, how do you reach that level of, like, insanity?
1: Yeah. Even Matt Damon's character, right? He is, like, the representative of the government over Mm. there. And even he turns his back on Oppenheimer, even though they developed, like, a close personal relationship during the whole project. Which is, yeah, which is where... Which is where this movie becomes a tragedy, right? Yeah. And what I found also very cool about that final act is... People keep telling him, like, why are you doing this? It's not a real trial. Like, why? Like, wh- you don't even need to... Yeah. Go through with this humiliation, right? But then I was like, oh, but this... He wants to go through with the humiliation. Mm. He He feels so much guilt that this is his way of almost punishing himself... Like having that daily reminder of, of this is what you did, yeah. right? Having, the, and, having the, and the fact that he wants to fight for to be in the room, right? Because he knows mm. if I can be in the
0: room, maybe I can influence something. Maybe I can make the future slightly better. Because he knows if he's not in the room, mm. then there's one less person like him who's dictating the world's like nuclear
1: future. I almost thought of it as a lost cause. Like he knows and everyone around him knows that you're not going to win this, mm. Uh It's a kangaroo court. Like, they've Mm. already decided what they're going to do. So why are you even going through with it, right? And he's not a fool to just... If anything, he knows eventualities, right? And inevitabilities, right? He knows if he does one thing, what can happen and what will happen. So that, in a way, was more interesting because he's going through with this entire, like, mockery, knowing that he's not going to come out of it victorious. Mm. And... For me, it read almost like this penance thing, right? Because I, it's almost like yeah, yeah, punish me, punish me, punish me types, humiliate me in front of my wife, humiliate me, say whatever, like say lies about me, this that, and then you have that, which I almost felt like they're gonna take the Sofia Coppola route and not tell us what Einstein and <laughs> Oppenheimer spoke about.
0: Yeah, but they I, do. I felt like almost like I would have,
1: I don't preferred. know, slightly
0: preferred that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But they do, but then that is also a kind of a...
0: Yeah, it's a very... It's a proper, like, coda to the movie, right? It's almost like, Mm -hmm. like, their fear was they wouldn't do it, but, like, he thinks, like, they have done it, because it's just, like, letting this happen.
1: Yeah, it also kind of reaffirms what Oppenheimer has... knows, obviously, that yeah, you're right, you've changed the world, right? And everything has happened, and this is what can happen probably will happen. If not, because of what you've created but for other reasons but yeah you've you certainly like nudged it forward faster Uh and that is what the movie ends with which is a very like sobering kind of moment right like yeah it, it kind of makes you want to like sit in your seat <laughs> for like 10 minutes even after the movie's ended
0: yeah it's probably like nolan's most depressing and most political film yet.
1: yeah which also like i thought it's also his most autobiographical film because there are like obviously in the man in the in the los alamos scenes it's very clearly like it could be like a parallel for making a movie also Hmm. he is the director like in many ways oppenheimer he does have like his his crew you know uh matt damon is certainly like a producer figure he comes and he's (laughs) certainly playing him like a yeah old school hollywood producer and those elements, I felt like, yeah, over the course of your career, you haven't really been that political, right? Nolan isn't, maybe The Dark Knight Rises was slightly political. No,
0: but The like, Dark Knight Rises' political is possibly in the wrong sense, I would say. In the say. wrong like, way. It has messy politics. Like, I don't think it's it's political <laughs> then. I think it's, his, it's politicals are accidental because he's making a movie about vigilante justice. <laughs> and the messages it sends are like, just like reaffirming like the US stance after like war on terror.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, in that way, even Dark Knight is kind of like a post-9-11 thing. But then, for instance, it is, he does have like surveillance in that movie and he realizes yeah. that, oh, ye galat baat hai types, you mm. know. And so there are elements. But then Dunkirk was the first time you're like, oh, this is now a, like a response to what's happening now. Mm. It feels like actually that you're also you want to contribute and now this is like him finding his yeah i think yeah. it's definitely like it's like a the growth of a
0: filmmaker in front of us
1: yeah not not to say that you have to be political to show that you've grown but just in terms of even filmmaking form right mm. this might be one of his most accomplished films right because what he's doing here is crazy like i don't want to watch it immediately but then i probably you have to kind of appreciate it no
0: yeah, like to, to, I mean, which goes back to literally the opening of the,
1: our episode is mm. that
0: to have a film which is three hours long and then still be able to like keep it like so quick that you're, you don't get bored through mm. it. That in itself is an achievement. No. Right?
1: Just how he's edit, like he's editing to like theme. It's so like, it's so punchy. It's so like keeping you on your toes, even when you're not falling. Like normally I get annoyed with like exposition and there's a lot mm. of it here. But then, in mm. the internal logic of the movie, if you don't have people explaining what's happening to you, or at least explaining the vibe of... Okay, objective basic, basic. Hai. You don't need to mm. hang on to every word and like, understand the physics of it or whatever. But here is the objective of this particular scene. And sometimes even that is necessary, right? And I feel in a movie like this, where you're going to talk so much. And it's not Dunkirk, where you can just use like slow kind of operatic action to explain I think
0: Dunkirk was always like a constant sense of dread right Like you had no idea what was going to happen next here like they're building to where you're not actually in the midst of war you're sort of outside of it Mm. but also like sort of doing something like which is ominous yeah uh which what he does well with scenes is like when you were talking about there is that he is able to balance the gravity of the moment but he's also able to recognize that you can't You can be doing, like, showing something serious, but you don't have to take yourself seriously. So, which is why he has, he has those, you know, like, especially Matt Damon's character for me. Like, there's a lot of humor involved in it, which I appreciate as well.
1: Yeah, Matt Damon's character is, he, because Matt Damon inherently has that, he's a movie star, but also he's, like... Someone you can chat with, it feels yeah. He's always had that quality. Yeah, he has
0: full movie star value. Like yeah. the moment he appears. I think that was like a clapping moment as well. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of movie and stars. Like, you know, you know, even when they're intercutting, mm-hmm. like with that, when Casey Affleck comes, you like, okay, Casey Affleck is now. Um, mm-hmm. and then they intercut with that and then you like even they they play that very, very like sort of dark moment because that guy's clearly drilling for information. Mm-hmm.
1: But they play; they're able to play it by intercutting with Mandaven in a in a funny manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, all that is very impressive, you know. And of course, like India, we have fake IMAX, but still, it's better than the yeah. normal regular stuff that you watch, which is terrible.
0: Yeah, just putting it on like a giant screen. Like every time you give me like a whatever 150 foot screen, and just like I can watch things on it, I'm like happy. Yeah,
1: in a way, almost I was I was more impressed with like the sound of it, right? This time, more than even the the visuals which were all I think the, what was most very impressive for me, which we we'll can get to in a moment, but mm. like was the
0: fact that once like the story is so good, I mean the screenplay is so good, like you almost like I think you forget mm. what screen size you're watching. You know, it almost doesn't matter. I think you can watch like Oppenheimer on a laptop mm. and you will still be like as impressed possibly.
1: Possibly. But then again you're not going to have that feeling of people literally jumping, like recoiling at yeah. the sound of the blast. Right. Mm. Which is what happened. Like people jumped. Everything <laughs> shook, which was like those memes before, like Barbenheiber memes, like Yeah. <laughs> which is, yeah, I mean, like it happened for real. This is very impressive. Uh, but then, yeah, there's also like black and white stuff, which he has never done and which apparently they invented the film stock for. Yeah, I think for no one at this point, IMAX will possibly do anything. Uh, yeah, even though nobody's gonna, know, a fraction of the audience is actually gonna watch it in that intended format, but still it looks very like mm. it looks very pretty the black and white stuff like you can tell that oh this is something special
0: yeah i think and the good thing with like nolan sim is because he keeps shooting on film and because he's now like so most of his movies are good is that inevitably when they release for their like 30th 50th anniversary mm. and hopefully like imax screens like and then better imax screens will be around then you can appreciate them even more right those movies yeah because they can be scaled to like 8k or whatever resolution we have then
1: yeah, hopefully, I mean, we won't have like, a, we'll have like a, like a real IMAX by then so that we don't have to like watch like a digital transfer hope, but again. But I doubt it. Um, but yeah.
0: But yeah, going back to what was I teased there was like the most impressive thing for me actually was the fact that he has convinced like leading stars, you know, hmm. like you mentioned Han Solo. But there's a, he's convinced like leading stars, like not like one or two of them, but like probably like six or ten of them. To play like tiny roles here and there. Yeah. That's insane for me.
1: Only I think a handful of people probably like Dan Dino, Scorsese, who else?
0: But even then like they do like you know like one or two. Like someone like a Brad Pitt shows up in a corner somewhere mm. you know like in Deadpool or like somewhere. Or like maybe someone else does it. But like to do like these kind of like this number of like them like it's insane. You already mentioned one of them, Alden and mm-hmm. right? But then uh, Emily Blunt essentially I would say like has a very minor role. And she's built second. She is on the poster. second. And she's like has, I don't know what, five minutes, four minutes? I, might, I might
1: be wrong, but like there are three best actor winners who have one scene cameos.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. Rami Malik has one talking scene. Rami Malik has one. Before talking. that, he appears in two scenes and he does not talk. And I'm like, what are you doing to Rami Malik? How did he say yes to this role? Uh, uh, he said yes to the role because he got to set, sit on one bench and he's like, I'm going to talk now. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman has one scene. Yeah, literally appears in one room. That's it. Uh, uh, one other guy who was only appears in one room, I forgot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's insane. Like, I mean, this Florence Pugh obviously mm-hmm. has like probably another like three, four minutes and she's like high build in the
1: and like, this is Casey Affleck convinced as you it. mentioned yeah Casey Affleck yeah that was the yeah, that was the other guy who appears in one role third best actor winner but these <laughs> are not nominees these are <laughs> best actor exactly winners. they're like
0: leading actors these are people you can make put an entire movie on like Don DeHaan he, he led okay fine <laughs> the movie is Kachra Valerian but he led a movie <laughs> and here he's just like he's in the corner
1: somewhere uh, who else there was one really hilarious one uh, I don't know if he spoke or not but James Urbaniak oh. is in like one scene with like Einstein or something side me. yeah like it's yeah. Benny Safdie is in it Benny
0: Safdie is in the movie and he's like he's become like I mean if not like a sole leading star he, he's become a joint
1: leading star in some movie, indie movies at least yeah. and he's like fully like hamming it up also yeah,
0: they have like blockbuster movie leading stars who play like two minute roles here and there oh. or like they are they're playing a bit part role in the corner
1: also and I was very happy about this Josh Hartnett is back yeah which is great for people who remember the early 2000s, where he was maybe <laughs> one of the biggest stars in the world.
0: Yeah, see, it's just insane. Like, I think, uh, Ron is like, the, I think, forget like, talented. I'm saying Ronan is the only person who can do this. Like, now that I've seen this, I'm like, what has he pulled? How it, what has he gone to people and said that they're like, yeah, I will, I want to work with you so much. I accept this role with three lines. Uh
1: Universal wanted to work with him so much. They gave him like some insane deal, right? What
0: is... Was he not getting already 20% of the first dollar before He was.
1: But I think he got like a better deal here. Okay. And his upfront salary is insane. Like 30-ish or something. Which is more than... (laughs) Which is one
0: third of the movie's budget. Yeah,
1: which is more than Tom Cruise, by the way. And (laughs) then obviously there's those deals where you can't have movies three months before or three months after... There's a 300-day, yeah. like, theatrical thing. You can't have streaming, this, that, whatever. It's insane. So, yeah. So, not only is he, like, getting what he wants on camera, he's also, like, obviously, he's, people are inventing film stock for him, you know. Theaters are equipping, like, re-equipping just to screen his movies. If we don't, this doesn't happen, you know. it's literally the only person who can get away with this.
0: Yeah, there was so much excitement for this movie. Even though like Warner's not distributing this one, Warner released like his old movies. (laughs) Like imagine a rival studio is re-releasing movies like they don't even care about. They're like, yeah, 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 we'll do it for you. Although in India, it makes sense because Warner distributes universal stuff. I was wondering if this is happening like uh, around the globe as well. They're releasing like Dark Knight and Dark Knight's Inception. Everything came for like a few days.
1: Yeah. Like that's how you build hype for a director it's uh, a real movie event i haven't seen barbie yet but then i'll, I'll do that tomorrow i saw barbie so.
0: uh but yeah this is easily the bigger one i would say in terms of i mean i don't know like yeah actually barbie i think earning more like globally mm-hmm. so maybe i'm wrong but mm-hmm. mm, after i've seen mo- both movies i feel like this will be remembered for longer uh
1: yeah i mean i yeah i it's it, it you can tell sometimes a handful of times when you're watching something that, oh, yeah, this is a special one. And that happened here with this one. So I'm very glad.
0: Mm. Where would you, I mean, is it too early to ask this? Should I let you rewatch it once before I ask you where to put it in his career? Uh,
1: definitely better than Interstellar. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> that's like,
0: <laughs> you're telling me it's better than his like worst three movies. Um, I'm saying like, if I have to put you put it between like somewhere... Inception, Dark Knight, and, and like what was the the magic one? I forgot the name. Prestige. Prestige. Like around those. Is it is it there? Is it or is it lower than those?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, it might be too early, but it is. Yeah, as, as well.
0: Yeah, I gave that caveat. You can escape the question if you want.
1: It is. I would put higher than prestige. I've seen mm-hmm. Best Year a few times, and I think it's better. It's a more accomplished movie than Prestige.
0: Right. Uh, and I... Which you would hope for a filmmaker in 17 years, he wouldn't go backward. Yeah.
1: It's definitely better than, like, Insomnia and those early ones. And obviously, like... Yeah,
0: which is... I didn't even, like, put that in the... Out there, yeah. uh, That's
1: why I gave you the best... Then it else. is his worst movie. I'm not even...
0: i mean exactly not even bringing it up. I was trying to avoid it, but now it's here.
1: Which is strange, right? On that It's also, like... It came in 2020. So it's not, like a rookie film. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 it was like a, yeah, Nolan's, like, extremeness, like, when Nolan becomes too Nolan, he...
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: but, yeah. He's pulled back here. He's done a... He's done a genre he hasn't done before, like, a biopic.
1: So, yeah. yeah. One of his better ones, for sure. Mm.
0: okay Okay. Yeah. Does that
1: do it? I think so, yeah.
0: That's all for this episode of The Long Take. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and threads on The Long Take Pod. You can write to us at thelongtakepod at gmail.com. Uh please leave us a rating and a review wherever you see this episode, and we will see you next week.